This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks to uh, all those who filled in over the course of my uh, vacation. Short and sweet. Ten days. It feels like a long time and no time at all, at all at the same time. And anyone who's been on vacation knows exactly what I'm talking about. Well, over the course of those ten days, which I enjoyed thoroughly, I must say, with my two sisters down from Ottawa. They missed those big storms up there. Um, they, the price of gas, my goodness, there was at least four adjustments or did I lose track? Four pricing adjustments to gas over the course of those 10 days. And, uh, there have been many, many calls over the last little while about, gosh, something's got to be done when it comes to, uh, gas prices here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Well, the premier has just announced a big change. Um, the province is announcing a 50% reduction in tax on gas and diesel to reduce the price by eight cents a liter and the premier is indicating that those measures are quote temporary and targeted so we should see a reduction of about eight cents a liter on our gasoline and anything that uh, the PUB deems necessary after that I suppose but uh, is that enough what do you think it's a reduction of half the provincial taxes and I don't have all the full details I'm just going by the tweets from uh, VO OCM's Brian Callahan, who is at that live news conference as we speak. We will be airing that. Um, we're taping it now. And we will be airing that uh, uh, following on target. So more detail will be provided therein. But we're not here to talk about gas prices right now. Although we will in the coming hours and days. But uh, another thing that's affecting all of our lives, healthcare. Well, the pandemic had a worsening effect on existing staff shortages, backlogs, and delays in the healthcare system. Reports are continually coming in across the province of people left in corridors and emergency departments awaiting rooms, while others are awaiting long delayed surgeries and more still are getting their um, call. They're going in only to find out at the last minute that it's been cancelled and rescheduled due to a lack of beds. Well, when we talk about a lack of beds, we're actually talking about the staffing levels required to attend to the patients in those beds. On VOCM Open Line with Patty Daly this morning, we had a call from a woman who's awaiting day surgery. She's sick and tired of being prescribed pain medication as she waits for the call. Well, here to talk a little bit more about the situation in the province's healthcare system is none other than Registered Nurses Union President Yvette Coffey. Hello. Hi, Linda. So the pandemic, as we all know, had a huge impact, of course. Nurses stepped up in a big kind of way. They were redeployed for COVID response. They did a fabulous job, smiles on their faces, and putting everyone at ease while they were working their legs off. What are staffing levels like now? Well, first of all, Linda, let me say congratulations to you on being recognized with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh. <laughs> say uh, because um you know time is just an illusion isn't it, <laughs> isn't it uh, yeah it's just more of a of a reminder of your own 
<laughs> shortened time on this earth, I suppose. But uh, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. And I've been overwhelmed, by the way, with all the messages I received while I was on vacation. It, it all came down while I was out of phone range. And then when uh, suddenly I got in phone range, the phone blew up. <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. But I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. So I have been a registered nurse now. This is 32 years for me. And I've worked on the front line for 31, well, 30.5 of those years. And, you know, nursing has always had challenges. You know, we've always experienced challenges. I've, you know, gone through shortages before, since 1990. But right now, nursing has reached a pivotal point in Newfoundland and Labrador and across our country and globally, for that matter. The last report we got, we have 600 vacant registered nurse positions in our publicly funded healthcare system. That's ex- extraordinary. Is that the highest you've seen? Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, we are like, this is unprecedented times. And, you know, we just did research with government uh, in March. And that research shows that 90% of registered nurses and nurse practitioners identify as experiencing burnout. One in two permanent RNs considered resigning their permanent position to go casual. And 16% are seriously considering leaving the profession altogether. I mean, that equates to another 900 registered nurses. So those 600, the initial 600 you were talking about, and then this, you know, total of 900, is it due to the pandemic? Were these retirements as nurses were, um, you know, so, so to speak, aging out of the system? What's contributing to those, to those 600 vacancies? Well, <clears throat> what's contributing is the workplace. So the inability to get time off, the lack of flexible scheduling, um, if you can't get time off to go to your child's kindergarten graduation or your child's wedding or their high school graduation or to go and care for one of your loved ones or loved ones or family right, or friends, it plays a it has a major impact on an individual. Then you take into consideration the mandatory overtime. Um, the scheduled overtime in advance, the going into work for a night shift and taking an extra pair of underwear and meals because you don't know when you're getting home again. And you could be working 16, 20, 24 hour shifts. Recently, I had a member who worked a 12 hour day, went home, was mandated to come back in at midnight. So got off at 8 p.m., had to come back in at midnight and the next morning at 8 a.m. had to stay for another bit because there was no one to replace this individual. So it's taking a toll, the workplace, the lack of work-life balance, the mental health impacts, the burnout, and the lack of career satisfaction. COVID-19, of course, that's, you know, just exacerbated the issue. But the shortage was already there. We've been screaming about this shortage, that it was coming. Uh, and now, finally, we have acknowledgement now that we're in a global nursing shortage. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? Because it's not just here. It's right across the board. I'm hearing from friends in other provinces. They're experiencing the same kind of thing. Yes. 
Yes, Canada, I mean, we're just robbing Peter to pay Paul now. Everybody competing for the same resources. So what needs to happen to address this? So what needs to happen? Well, there, is, there are some things happening. Government has committed to some initiatives already that will help us better plan over the long term. So one of the things that we have pushed for um, and discussed even at uh, the health court was the need for a health human resource plan. We can make all the changes in the plans we want uh, for our healthcare system to improve it and make it better. But if we don't have the human resources, the actual people who work in the system, we can't move forward with anything. So we need to stabilize the workforce. We also know that we have a core staffing review getting ready to start for nursing. So that means we'll be looking at the ratio of registered nurses to uh, patients, looking at acuity instead of looking at numbers of beds and how many patients are in the beds. The health accord is, you know, a lot of changes coming with the health accord if it's enacted the way it's been presented. We also have, uh, there was an increase, 25% increase to the seats at schools of nursing which is also good. So these are long-term long-term initiatives that will impact the future of nursing in Newfoundland and Labrador. But we need action now to stabilize the workforce, the whole healthcare workforce, and to improve workplace conditions and retain the professionals and the registered nurses and nurse practitioners that we have in the system uh, over the coming months, which means stop the bleeding of health human resources of nurses going out of the system and give us the ability to care for our patients because ultimately at the end of the day there is a direct correlation between nurse staffing and patient outcomes my guest today on on target is the president of the registered nurses union Nevet coffee we'll be back right after this Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And our guest today is RNU President Yvette Coffey. And Yvette, just before I get back to you, we have a few more details now on this cost of living announcement that government has just made. Uh, the provincial government is temporary, temporarily lowering the price at the pump by 8.5 cents a liter, sorry, 8.05 cents per liter. Uh, it, that includes the HST until January 1st of 2023. So that's a, a reduction in the provincial gasoline tax, and that will come into effect once uh, changes are introduced in the House of Assembly and come into effect once uh, the Board of Commissioners of the Public Utilities Board implements it. Now, in the meantime, in the fall, there will be a one-time payment provided to supplement the cost of furnace oil used for home heating. That supplement will be income tested based on family net income. Households with family net income under $100,000 will receive a payment of $500. Households with family net income between $100,000 and $150,000 will receive a partial payment of between $200 and $500. And more details on how to apply for that will be available in the coming weeks. So that's some important information for our listeners. Now, Yvette, you and I have been talking about uh, the staffing crunch when it comes to nurses, the uh, 600 vacant nursing positions uh, out there right now. I just came off a short vacation, but many nurses were told when the pandemic hit that their vacation time was being deferred, some of them indefinitely. Some had no idea when they were going to be able to get that much-needed break are, are many nurse, nurses still owed that time this year um we had 
I know everybody knows that we had a joint um, nursing think tank, the first ever of its kind here in Newfoundland and Labrador with government. We heard incredible, powerful, heartbreaking stories from the frontline nurses. And their stories really helped to humanize and put a face on what's happening with nursing in this province. And the vacation, for two years now, our members have suffered because they just couldn't get the time off. We had areas like long-term care where registered nurses were told one or two days total for the whole year. This year, because we had this think tank and came together with the premier and the minister and government officials, the employers at the RHAs, managers and leaders at all levels, and our frontline members. So we had 128 people participate in this think tank. And it provided us an opportunity for our members to be very open and honest and share their personal stories. And it's had an impact on employers. But to this day, I am still hearing of areas where registered nurses are being told maybe two days for summer vacation. It is heart-wrenching. A human being can't keep going without a break because you put the vacation or lack thereof on top of the extended working hours, um, the overtime, the mandatory overtime. It's just not good, and it's impacting their patients. At the end of the day, I went into nursing, as did my colleagues, to to care for people, to improve people's health, to improve their health outcomes. But yet, here we are with all these canceled surgeries, canceled procedures, delays receiving care, emergency rooms, which are full because of the lack of one issue, the lack of primary health care providers. And... It's just heart-wrenching. People need a break. They're psychologically and physically wore out and need a break. And it's one of the big pushes that the RHAs have committed to for this summer. However, we're still having challenges. Well, naturally, I mean, we hear stories all the time from patients who say, you know, I've had been waiting for this knee replacement forever so long. I'm waiting on a hip replacement. Uh, I, I'm expecting a call any day now from the doctor about my uh, double bypass or whatever the case may be. Uh, were nurses paid in lieu over the course of the last two years when they, they had to defer that much needed vacation? Nope. Uh, that's still, uh, it keeps building up in their uh, vacation bank. Wow. So now they're owed two years. Yeah, which is costly. And they need that break. I mean, everybody, I mean, just imagine any any workplace, you need that break. But nursing is such a high stress, (laughs) you know, and you you want the person who's caring for you at the bedside. They're always professional. Don't get me wrong. They're always professional. They're always in this such a sunny mood. They always put you at ease. Um, But uh, you want that person. You want to know that that person has had their proper amount of sleep, that has had a bit of a break, is fresh on the job, you know. And that their mind is on the patient. Absolutely. And not on when am I going to get home out of here? Who's coming to relieve me? And, you know, I know. I worked in the system. I There was only one time in my career that I had to stay late after a night shift. And I can tell you, by 1030 in the morning, while waiting for someone to come in, I couldn't even put a sentence together. 
I, I, and I know I would not be able to, me as an individual, would not be able to work a 24-hour shift. I would not be giving the care that my patients need and deserve. So our system is running on overtime. Our system is running on people who haven't had a break in over two years. We have a severe nursing crisis in this province. And we continue to call for action on government and the employers, the RHAs, because at the end of the day, our patients deserve the best care and the best person caring for them, not the tired one at the end of a 24-hour shift. Are some areas of the province worse than others? Last, so in March, uh, mandatory overtime uh, in Western Health on one unit alone, uh, over 150, 150 mandated shifts on one unit. That's when we did some rough estimates of what that cost. That cost the employer approximately $300,000 in overtime for the month of March. One unit. So there's big financial implications for all this overtime, the mandatory overtime. We're spending the money right now. We're spending the money on agency nurses right now. We are at a point coming out of the think tank. There were several, several solutions. But one of the biggest things that came out of that was providing relief so that registered nurses and nurse practitioners could get a break, get their holidays this summer. And it has gotten to the point, because of the lack of nursing resources, that all of the RHAs are now utilizing agency travel nurses at a very high cost. So what, what are agency travel nurses? So these are private agencies who provide registered nurses, nurse practitioners, other healthcare providers, uh, into our private, into our public, publicly funded healthcare system, paid for by the people of this province, um, but they're paid at much higher rates because they're through private agencies. So they're the ones that are filling the gap now. What about retired nurses? Are they being called back? So retired nurses have come back, and as we've seen during the pandemic, they came back to help out with the swabbing clinics, the vaccination clinics uh, within public health, community health. Um, some even came back into the acute care or long-term care system. However, we've seen a decline in the number of retirees who are back. Um, and we have actually discussed this as one of the solutions uh, that we're pushing for with government right now coming out of the nursing think tank. One of the things is initiatives for retired Iranians to come back. Um, also, the travel team that we keep talking about, our own unionized travel team, so that if I'm in Bona Vista and I can go do three weeks in Natwashish, that we should not be using agency nurses outside resources uh, or forcing our own members to take their annual leave plus go and get paid in Lab Grenville, we should be having our own unionized travel team. We're already spending the money and it would be more cost effective to have our own publicly funded nurses doing that work. 
And we do have a big interest. So we're very close on finalizing a pilot project uh, with our own travel team and travel opportunities for all our members. Uh, providing supports to new graduates and internationally educated uh, nurses. It was one of the things we heard loud and clear at the nursing think tank. Uh, support for our students, especially with the announcement of the new satellite sites uh, and the increase, uh, 25% increase in seats for schools of nursing. We're hearing from students or prospective nursing students on a daily basis. I'm getting emails asking for us to be a voice for them with government and the employers when it comes to bursaries, sign-on bonuses, or supports for them while they are trying to go to school. Um, and we're also, uh, one of the things for annual leave that all the RHAs are considering, and some have already put it in place, is to allow RNs to schedule themselves in advance for overtime to fill in gaps in a schedule. You could have a schedule that comes out a six-week, 12-hour rotation schedule, and there could be 60, six zero shifts not even covered, not enough staff for the cover when the schedule is posted because we just don't have the numbers. Allow people to fill in those gaps in advance, paying the overtime premiums that they would get paid if they called you on the day of to go in. And that is happening uh, in each of the RHAs in different ways, shapes, uh, also allowing uh, registered nurses to um, childcare. Childcare is one of the big issues that's coming. Well, that's... Elder shift workers and childcare is a big issue in this province. I was going to ask about that because, of course, you know, your working life, you're usually, that's when you're raising a family. And um, it must be impossible to try and figure out childcare if you're suddenly being called in to do another 12-hour shift on the back of your first one. Well, even 12-hour shifts, most childcare centers do not uh, cater to 12-hour shift workers. If you go to work 7.30 in the morning, so you're dropping your child off at a daycare center at 7 a.m., you're not getting out of work till 8, 8 p.m. Uh, on a day, that's a regular shift. By the time you give report and get out of the, the hospital or the long-term care home or whatever, and the daycares are usually closed by 6. So we don't even have support for the regular 12-hour shift rotation workers. So that's another thing that we're talking to government about, and we know there are meetings happening with the Department of Education, which is responsible for child care. Mental health supports, we've heard loud and clear the psychological impact uh, on our members, um, and we know there's 24-7 um, support there for uh, emergency responders, and we need that for all health care providers. We're advocating for our members, but we really believe that should be there for all. And we're also looking for increased support in the system so that registered nurses are not doing extra work when, say, a war clerk is not available to register patients or someone's not available to come and do an EKG on a patient or come and do blood work. Because registered nurses are there in the system 24-7, they're taking on the role of other healthcare providers as well. So increased supports and resources. I know that's a big ask because I also know other healthcare providers are facing a shortage as well. 
And I want to talk to you a little bit about um, some of these shifting priorities, especially since COVID came in. When we come back after the break, my guest today on On Target is the president of the Registered Nurses Union of Newfoundland and Labrador, Yvette Coffee. We'll be back right after this. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM. And we're back. My guest today on On Target is the president of the Registered Nurses Union, Yvette Coffey. We're going to have more details, of course, on the big announcement government made today on cost of living. I see the opposition has called a news conference as well. We'll have some details on what they think about it all. But basically, I'm going to be cutting um, fuel prices, gas and diesel, by eight, just over eight cents a litre. And that will be in place until January 2023. And a supplement is going to be provided to those who heat their homes with uh, oil and that will be 500,000 uh, sorry $500 for income uh, household incomes under $100,000 and um, a, a lesser amount for those uh, from in the um, salary range of 100,000 to $150,000 a year household income that should be and uh, also there's going to be some increases in minimum wage which is going to take us to $15 per hour by October of 2023 so there's going to be three of those little uh, incremental increases until we reach $15 per hour in October of 2023. But again, we're going to have more details on that immediately following on Target. And Yvette, you've been talking about some of the stresses and strains faced by nurses in the system. And of course, you know, COVID was one of those things that caused us all to pause and think about our working lives and a lot of people working from home and were able to make those kinds of choices, uh, thankfully. Nurses, however, pretty (laughs) hands-on. You can work, do some remote work, especially with nurse practitioners and that sort of thing, but you need to be pretty hands-on in in the nursing profession. Um, Have the job expectations of nurses changed at all? Uh, There's only uh, certain uh, nursing jobs that would allow you to actually work from home. One of them being, I'm thinking about the remote monitoring system for patients with congestive heart failure. Um, and nurse practitioners actually for the most part need to be hands-on too, right? Um, some good virtual clinics as well, uh, just like physicians and other primary healthcare providers did. You know, the nursing shortage didn't happen this year. Uh, this has been building and it didn't happen overnight and we're not going to fix it overnight. But what I can say is that this government, Premier Fury, Minister Hagee, have committed to help us make it better. And there are initiatives um, that we brought forward, such as the Health Human Resource Plan, workforce research. Let's look at what the expectations of the workforce are today compared to what they were when I graduated 32 years ago. Um, You know, there's a lot of people say, oh, the new generation and they want more flexibility. And as I said, that's not just the new generation. All people deserve flexibility in the workplace, right? I just think people have become more vocal about what they expect and out of their workplace um, and what supports they need in their workplace. And I say, yeah, we all need work-life balance, flexibility. If COVID has taught us anything, It is about the mental impact on all of us. 
uh, on our families and, you know, and their ability to provide care. And many workplaces are recognizing that now and trying to accommodate workers as best they can because, honestly, uh, people are making the decision to say, you know, if you can't do this for me, I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, So a lot of workplaces are adjusting. Is the healthcare system adjusting too? I think, you know, we have a lot of buy-in. We have a lot of support from the Premier and the Department. Uh, We're having conversations weekly. Uh, with department officials and looking at recommendations that are coming out of the health accord. We're looking at uh, the recommendations that come out of the nursing think tank, which was immediately supported by the Premier. I give him full uh, kudos for that, recognizing that we needed to do something to come up with short-term solutions. And we actually are hoping that within this month we will be making some announcements on some short-term measures to improve the workplace for our members and to give them better quality work life. So there are things happening. We have an opportunity now with the health cores, with the changes in healthcare. I was very happy to just hear you announce that um, $15 minimum wage by, um, I think you said the end of 2023? October of 2023. I would hope, I would have hoped it would have been sooner because one of the things we talked about at the health court is about social determinants of health. And having a decent living wage is directly related to health, an individual's health and the social determinants of health. There's a lot of good things happening in this province right now. Do we have a ways to go? Yes. And we all need to keep working together collaboratively, in my opinion. Uh, to make sure that our patients are getting the care that they need and deserve, but that the healthcare providers are also getting a break and not being forced into 20 and 24 hour shifts or working short, which is another uh, big issue we have as well. Well, of course, if you've got one nurse who's attending to, you know, I don't know what the ratio is, but a much higher ratio than they're uh, used to or should be uh, taking care of, of of patients on a 12-hour shift or whatever it might be, a 24-hour shift. I mean, my goodness, you run off your feet. Well, exactly. And, you know, I have family that's in hospital as well as everybody else. And we're all affected by the healthcare system because we're all consumers of the healthcare system. And you can see the cracks in the system when you're visiting your own loved ones or when you yourself are a member that's waiting for uh, procedures, diagnostics, or, you know, surgeries. So we're all seeing it, but I really do think that what we are doing right now is going to provide a brighter future for nursing in Newfoundland and Labrador. And I have to say, I think we're leading the country when it comes to how we work with government and the employers. You don't see that in other provinces across Canada. So it's not all bad news. It sounds like there's some good news here as well. There is hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We are going to keep hammering at it and keep working with government and officials. Uh, to make sure that we improve the health and safety of the people in the system, but our patients at the end of the day. And we know COVID has exacerbated a lot of things in the system. People are very frustrated. We've seen an increase in the violence that's been experienced by people in the healthcare system. I believe in the last 
month, 65 plus percent of our members experience violence at work. So we're also working to, on some initiatives with government with that as well, uh, working on addressing violence in healthcare, but also uh, working on what's called a health sector safety council. Uh, we've been pushing for that with the Federation of Labor and the other public sector health unions are all in support of this. Um, and we are really hoping that that will come to fruition as well. So there's a lot of work ongoing. Every day presents challenges, but every day presents opportunities as well. I want to explore that uh, violence in the workplace um, side of things because uh, you and I have talked about it, as has your predecessor, but uh, to see that kind of an increase is rather alarming. I want to address that when we come back after the break. My guest on On Target today is the president of the Registered Nurses Union of Newfoundland and Labrador, Yvette Coffey. We'll be back right after this. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. And my guest today on On Target is the president of the Registered Nurses Union of Newfoundland and Labrador, Yvette Coffey. And you, just before the break, Yvette, you mentioned this huge increase in, in violence uh, being experienced by nurses in the workplace. And we've always known that that's a, a bit of a problem. But where, where is this coming from? Where do you, what do you think is contributing to this 65-plus percent increase you've mentioned? Well, what we're seeing is the increase uh, anxiety, stress, um, and the public, and the demands on the healthcare system, the increased wait times. If you're spending 12 hours in an emergency room to be seen, um, if you're waiting weeks for an appointment with your own primary healthcare provider, if you have a loved one who's very sick and um, you just can't get him in and you're waiting for diagnostics. People are, you know, stressed to the max. Traditionally in healthcare, we see people at their worst. If you're in an emergency situation, that's when we see people and their families in the most stressful of times for them. And this has increased, as with all the research is showing, with every single person, students, uh, you know, families and that, that the psychological impact on COVID-19 and the isolation and the virtual this and the virtual that, and the toll is taken on people, and then the delays in receiving health care that you you deserve and need, um, it has equated to an increase, a substantial increase in the violence being faced in the workplace, especially in the healthcare setting. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about people who are venting, uh, you know, to uh, the first healthcare professional they see, who happens in many cases to be the nurse? Or is it um, is something else happening there? Uh, it's everyone, but I mean, nurses are there 24-7, so we've kind of faced the brunt of it. But I mean, I've gone for appointments myself and witnessed the public uh, being very disrespectful and rude to a receptionist or the person asking them, um, so where's your appointment to the, today so they can direct them or asking them, you know, the COVID preliminary questions and that. And um, I just stand in awe and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is abuse. This is verbal abuse that people are standing up and taking. And because it's healthcare, and because people need the healthcare and need our services, right, and our supports, we still have to provide that care for them. However, 
we're seeing, and we're, RMU especially, we are pushing and advocating for a provincial plan to address this violence in the healthcare setting and the creation of this health sector safety council that will also address violence. And it has in different sectors and councils across the country. Not to mention, uh, you know, that that whole political aspect of things uh, with the mass mandates and that sort of thing. And people who, for their own reasons, uh, had some issues with that. But we saw legislation brought forward to try and protect healthcare workers from, you know, suffering some of those extremist type of, um, you know, encounters with uh, some people. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Well, the government needed to do something. Uh, Patients um, and staff cannot be intimidated and bullied by people who have a different view. We all are entitled to our opinions. You know, we live in Canada. We have free speech. But if that impacts someone else's well-being, um, you know, as a whole, um, government does have to step in. And uh, we applaud them for doing that. So you mentioned earlier in the show, and we've only got about a little over four minutes, sorry, sorry, three minutes left, but uh, you mentioned earlier in the show that uh, things are improving and uh, uh, you've been dealing with government officials who appear to be listening, who are acknowledging there is an issue and are trying to make some changes. So what do you expect now in the the coming days or months? Our expectation is uh, we're reviewing all the recommendations that came from the nursing think tank. We need short-term measures. Uh, to help stabilize the workforce right now. Um, you know, the surgical backlog, I know there's a task force that is now, uh, they're in the process of appointing a task force to deal with the surgical backlogs. Um, and that's got to be all healthcare providers involved in them discussions because it's not just, if you want to take surgeries and increase the number of surgeries, that's not just impacting physicians or surgeons. It's impacting nursing resources, environmental services, uh, terminalizing of, you know, sterilization of equipment, and other healthcare providers. So we all need to be at the table. So we expect there's going to be some uh, recommendations coming out of that, taking into consideration the human resource shortages. We are continuing to push government and expect uh, and are hoping that in the next, the coming weeks, that we will be making announcements that will improve the workplace for registered nurses and nurse practitioners in the short term, ahead of the extra seats at the schools of nursing. And as I said, increased focus on childcare, on um, giving people time off. We've got to give people time off. We just can't keep on going the way we are. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the travel team, our own travel team, um, incentives to keep the nurses that we have in the system. Every day I'm hearing from more people who are resigning their permanent job to go casual. Giving up benefits like health insurance, pension, you know, all of it for work-life balance. So we need to stop the bleeding of nurses and we need to keep them in the system. So I'm really hoping and looking forward to making some announcements with the government in the coming weeks um, that will support uh, the healthcare workers, our members, and ultimately improve patient care. 
Yvette Coffey, thanks very much for the work you do and the work that uh, your uh, members across Newfoundland and Labrador have been doing over the last uh, number of years in particular. Uh, it has not gone unnoticed. I know it's been a stressful time for everyone. Uh, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Linda. And I would just like to say a happy belated Nurses Week to all of our members. And we did have a virtual Facebook Live event last night where we celebrated nurses and thanked them. Fabulous. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we're going to be uh, giving you a few more details on this new cost of living announcement that uh, was made by the Premier just a short while ago. We'll have details on that coming for you uh, right after the news with um, Noah Shepard. Thanks for listening.